Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Let's get it started in here. And the base keeps running, running, and running. Five seconds left in the in this context, there's no disrespect. So when I bust my rhyme, you break your necks. We got five minutes for us to disconnect. So and break away from tradition. Cause when we be out, girl is fully be that. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the opening line. We are your hosts, Wits and Roz. And we have been away for way too long. And that's unfair for you guys because it is football season, and there's no better time in the year to listen to us two stooges than right now. But we did you one solid favor, and that was not letting you hop on Roz's week one NFL picks along with his first two weeks of college football picks because he is already deeply in the red, but there's always good luck when he shares picks with people. Wits, I'm not even going to the ad read until you say hello to the people. It's been so long. They miss you. How you doing, Wits? Man, it's been a long time. I missed you. I missed the people. Um, football's back. I'm in a much better mood. Uh, just all the time now. So times are good. Um, didn't have the greatest week one ever myself. So we're going to get back at it this week. Just excited to break down what happened week one. Ton of stuff. A lot of survivor impact out there. Um, it was a tough week. But yeah, it's life is good. Football's here. Um, I basically just check fantasy updates and scroll Twitter and work. And that's it. And I go to bed. And I love it. I'm glad you took the lead. I'm trying to do this with the Reese's in my mouth, but we got to let you know about a place you can bet on the games that Witch and I tell you about. That is Betonline. It is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with the first to market odds and lines. Holy smoke. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Betonline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information. From live in-game betting to props in future, head to bet online today and use your pro your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is promo code Believe50 B L E A V 50 to receive 50% off on your welcome bonus. Um, geez, it's not off, but whatever. Bet online where the game starts. Doing an ad so, read. Can we get a can we get a courtesy chew over there? Holy crap. Oh, Holy that was, man. That was dude, from a no, guy I thought you were off chocolate. What happened? So what the fans missed, I didn't do a single episode of the opening line while eating chocolate. I had went a whole month without eating chocolate in August. Was successful doing so. And now here we are. Um, but yeah, what? <laughs> Ignore the ad reads when you have a full mouth, but it's time to talk the NFL. We're going to get into picks. We're going to get into all this other stuff. But we cannot neglect the week that just occurred. Maybe one of the wildest week ones we've ever seen. Kick a get in is what it's known as. A lot of a lot of missed kicks and opportunities. 
Um, let's start off. It, I, I guess let's go tick for tack here. Most shocking things from week one. You can start it off and I'll go second. What was the most shocking thing you saw week one of the NFL football season? Oof. Um, I was shocked by a lot of things, but I'm going to go with Lovey Smith punting at his own 48-yard line on fourth down in the Texans-Colts game. And the thing that shocked me about it, Roz, is this Texans team is projected to win, I think, maybe four or five games. And the fact that he legitimately said, I'm going to play for a tie here, I thought was interesting and it was shocking um, because they get a first down there, make a couple plays. Maybe they beat the Colts in week one. And, you know, for most pools, if you had the Colts, not out of Survivor again, um, just a lot of bad juju there in week one. But that was pretty shocking for me. Um, and also how the Texans tied the Colts and gave up a huge lead. Um, so, yeah, that was that was one thing that stood out to me. But I've got a lot. I've got a lot. So I'll let you go next because uh, we can go back and forth for a while. Yeah, I think we're going to go back and forth. I mean, <sighs> I, I wish we were doing shows so we give you like preface of what we were thinking coming into the season. The Patriots wasn't a surprise to me. It was almost like a, an end of an era, right? An overreaction Tuesday because we'll let Pat McAfee and the boys have overreaction Monday, 20 to seven in an absolute drubbing. I mean, I know the Dolphins only were able to put 20 points on the board, but I think that speaks more volumes if you're a Patriots fan because the Dolphins are not going to be the most offensively explosive team. I know they did bring in new weapons like Edmonds and Tariq Hill, but they they shut down this Patriots team. Mac Jones looked irrelevant in this game. Um, I think it's a new era in the AFC East, something that we in our entire lifetime have never seen. Maybe a little bit of the Bills here and there, maybe a little bit of the Jets with Mark Sanchez, which to this day I rule as a fluke, but the AFC East is not the Patriots division anymore. Again, call it an overreaction Tuesday. But to the point, the most shocking thing I saw and saddest thing I saw was the Buccaneers-Cowboys game. Cowboys absolutely stipend. And if we ever have to hear that the Cowboys are America's team again, the team that's most likely to win the Super Bowl in any given season, I'm going to throw up. This team sucks. They're coached by numbnuts. They're managed and owned by a bigger idiot who loves his McDouble or whatever it is with salt on it. And I just, they are such a disgrace of an organization and team. And I'm sorry that Dak is going to be out again with another injury. That guy couldn't be more unlucky if he tried. Wow. Buccaneers didn't even look good and they won 19 to three. How about that for a score line in an NFL game? And uh, yeah, the Cowboys, yeah. the Cowboys are in some serious trouble. And that's something I'm surprised about in a division that's so, so easy to dominate in. I know the Eagles are better wicks. I'm not coming at you sideways. But the Cowboys literally handed cookies every year, and they don't know how to eat them. Yeah, and uh, they come away as the only team in week one to not score a touchdown. So it's uh, tough times in Dallas. Looks like they're going to go with Cooper Rush for now. But, I mean, E, if, if you weren't an Eagles believer before, I, I think you got – I think now is time to hop on the bandwagon. Um, they did allow 35 points to the Lions and almost blew the game. I do want that to be – at least acknowledged. That is acknowledged, but in the NFL, a win is a win. And speaking of wins, e, I think we got to give a little shout out to Brian Dable here. Um, that Giants-Titans game, that to me felt like a season-changing win. And I know it's only week one, 
but the way the Giants were playing felt like they were going to have another season. People were kind of high on them this year. Dable coming over, Saquon's healthy. Um, Daniel Jones might have a little breakout, but the first three quarters of that game felt like the Giants were going to go five and 12 again, and it felt awful. And then a little change of pace, and they go for two for the win. It was exciting. Um, it was awesome. The dancing, the locker room afterwards. And to me, it, it felt like a season shifting win. Felt like Tennessee was going to sneak into another top seed in the playoffs, even though they're not that great. The Giants were going to be crappy. It really felt like a turn. And the two point conversion was awesome. I was happy for them because I've been a Giants, kind of in the closet Giants fan for a while. But that was, uh, that was exciting. And it was a little shocking, you know, first, uh, first time out there for Dable, but it was, it was good to see. And uh, I do see a little bit of potential here. Daniel Jones has some talent. I know he made a, he made a horrible throw um, in the red zone late in the game, but he showed a little promise. Saquon Barkley looked awesome. So this Giants team, you know, they might, might be the second best team in the NFC East. So we'll have to see. We will have to see. I mean, I think the, it's fair to say the Cowboys are headed in the absolute wrong direction. Um, but on this topic of the Giants, Dable is turning into the next MCDC. Um, and I'm at MCDC or MCD, whatever he is, up in uh, Detroit, a guy that the players are rallying around. I mean, how hyped were these guys getting off the field after getting the two-point conversion, coming up to coach Dable and just going nuts? It's like that's, that is why football is fun especially if you didn't bet on that game and you just like to see a cool outcome. That was a very cool outcome. Saquon Barkley saying, fuck you to the haters with an 18 carry, 164 yard and one touchdown down the ground. That doesn't even talk about what he did with air yards. Um, impressive day for the New York Giants and people who were doubting them, especially people who were doubting Saquon Barkley. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, and then, I mean, I feel like we still got a long list here, but you, you mentioned field goal Mageddon. Um, we got to bring up the Steelers-Bengals game. That The get game was won and lost about six times in the last 15 minutes. I mean, including overtime, it was, uh, <laughs> it was a little hard to watch. It was fun. I cannot believe the Steelers came away with that victory. Um, but the missed field goals, it was – it, it was crazy to watch. And the fact that the Steelers forced five turnovers and it came to that was a, a little shocking, but you know, they come away one and oh, right. That's really the only thing that matters. But Evan McPherson, right. Was the kind of the poster child for making big kicks last year. You know, there was a little bit of snap trouble, but I mean, the way they went back and forth and late in the fourth quarter um, and in overtime, it was, it was crazy. The Bengals did not look sharp. Um, neither did a lot of teams that didn't play anybody in the preseason, uh, you know, teams like the Rams. Um, but, you know, that, I thought that, that was a crazy game that was a nice little division matchup in week one. It, it certainly was. And I just, <laughs> I just have to bring this up because if I didn't bring it up, it'd be unfair. Yeah. The Atlanta Falcons, and you thought I was going to a different angle. The Atlanta Falcons <laughs> were up 26 to 10 three-score lead <laughs> with 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter. And I'm only doing this because I saw the meme on Twitter. There might not be a professional football organization or a sporting organization more inclined to blow leads late in the game than the Atlanta Falcons, who ended up losing this game to the New Orleans Saints, who had no business winning this game. 
uh, if you were watching the same game I was watching. So what a, what, I don't really know where to go from here, but Jesus Christ, Atlanta, figure it out. Yeah, and Roz, you want to talk about crazy stats. In the past decade, NFL teams with a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter are 254-5-2. and two. The Falcons alone have three of those losses the past <laughs> four years, which is just, I mean, like you said, they come up with new ways to blow games that you could not even imagine. Um, and that was another big survivor sweat for a lot of people. But the fact that the Falcons seemingly do this every year with like a 99.5% win probability, it's disgusting. And Arthur Smith's post-game speech about people writing their obituary already, it was like, buddy, I mean, something's got to give here. Like you guys got to, you guys got to win a game like this every once in a while because they're not going to win very many this year. So that was a, that was tough to watch. Um, and then this is where I thought you were going. Baker Mayfield looked like he was about, about to pull off a <laughs> comeback win for the Panthers uh, as the Cleveland Browns came to visit and just a stone cold field goal kick at the end of the game um, after there was a missed blown spike call. But it's over. There's no protesting in the NFL. Um, Baker gets spoiled the debut. My Panthers bet uh, in dire straits right now, but it was kind. Of, it was a very ugly game, but ended up being a last second, uh, last second field goal. So another fun game, just a yeah. lot of fun games all around. Yeah, Cade York with just the biggest donger on the planet. Um, hanging a rookie kicker, hanging a fifty-eight yard field goal. They actually called it a sixty-yarder on the live telecast, but. I'm sure it's a Browns Panthers game. So whoever was running the field there probably didn't give much of a shit about it. Um, big win for the Browns without Deshaun Watson. Um, obviously he was out getting a massage or something, but uh, Carolina Baker talked all week about too soon. Talked all week about getting revenge on his team. He even gets them to come to Carolina. He doesn't even have to, unlike Russ who had to go into Seattle on Monday night. And Baker laid an absolute first half stinker. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And to be fair, he finished 16 of 27 for 235, a touchdown and a pick. But Baker looked lost. Baker looked incapable of leading a team to any victory. And although they did come back on a busted 75-yard touchdown pass to Robbie Anderson, that should never have happened. Um, it, it just wasn't pretty if you're Baker, and it's not pretty if you're the Carolina Panthers who – Obviously, Wits needs to win at least nine games. So that we'll see where this goes for them. You got to win these games at home, especially when it's down to a second string, maybe arguably a third string quarterback leading the way for the Cleveland Browns. Um, I thought me and you have been going back and forth on what games you thought we were going to bring up next. I thought you were going to bring up the one that that I knew was coming. It still hurt. I had a rough Sunday night, but Minnesota looks damn good. Kevin O'Connell at the helm literally took all the juice he had with LA Rams and brought it to Minnesota and absolutely put the stinger on Green Bay. But we'll make a point here, though. Green Bay scored a touchdown this year in week one, unlike the year before. Also only gave up 23 points, opposed to the 38 they had given up to the New Orleans Saints. I'm okay. It's okay. We got a lot of new kids. Everything's all, all, everything's all good, Wits. That's still a Super Bowl team. We're still going to win it all at the end of the year. Who gives a shit about winning week one? 
I don't. I, I certainly don't. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to bring it up, but I, don't, I mean, I don't take much from it. I thought the Vikings offense looked, uh, looked really sharp. Um, like you said, O'Connell brought over a lot of that 11 personnel, and Justin Jefferson looks like he, he's going to be a problem. He's going to break every receiver record. Yeah, he, he looked great. Um, yeah, you know, it just Packers never got anything going, but got a lot of new faces out there. Um, and it, it really kind of went all downhill after the first play when you know, Christian Watson dropped a big touchdown. But like yeah, you said, man. week one last year, yeah, week one last year was, you know, a similar story. So I, I think they'll be okay. And I, I think the last game we got to bring up here from week one was – the Nathaniel Hackett and his debut with the Denver Broncos. Um, oh, can, can I get a Geno Smith for MVP maybe after last night? Oh my God. But how about for the fact that, I mean, the crazier stuff is if you look at the statistics of the game, the Denver Broncos had almost 200 more yards than the Seattle Seahawks. They had about the same amount of first downs and they dominated the possession the entire way. They also had two red or red zone jesus red zone one yard goal line opportunities that they both fumbled away um i mean denver didn't want to win that game no matter how badly we needed them to and nathaniel hackett must have been seeing stars because i don't know what happened in that final minute and 15 seconds of the game with three timeouts on the opposing side of the field i have no idea what occurred somebody finally brought a little rationale to me, but that was Pat McAfee and Aaron Rodgers having a very long conversation. So I only really got half of it, but what a, what a wild ending to this game on Monday night. Yeah, it was, it was truly unbelievable. Um, I mean, no matter what the reasoning was, like nobody really looked like they knew what they were doing and, you know, everybody's playing Monday morning quarterback. And I, I think that's fun too. So I'll play it as well, but they're basically, basically said, you know, let's settle for our 64-yard field goal instead of the guy who we just paid a quarter of a billion dollars to um, on fourth and five. So it was, a, it was a bad look. And like you said, Roz, they dominated the box score. And I don't, you know, for all the analytics people out there, that's fine. They didn't get the victory, right? They didn't secure the most important part of it. Um, you know, Geno Smith played great in the first half. They scored, <laughs> they scored three points in the second half. Um, but it was enough, right? They got the victory, big win, right? Their first place in the NFC West right now. And if you're the Broncos, I mean, it's, those are the kind of games you, you need to win. Um, and it was really unbelievable at the end of the game, but that's what happens. That's, that's another team didn't play anybody in the preseason and, you know, they make these kind of mistakes and if they end up missing the playoffs by one game, right. In a very tough division, you know, we'll, we'll look back to this game and be like, you know, Maybe they should have been out there a little bit more. I mean, fumbling twice at the one-yard line. And you know what, Roz? We need to stop shotgun on the one-yard line. It's an epidemic in the NFL. And it needs to QB sneak. Everyone call up Tom Brady. Put him on the one and let him in. Dude, it is an epidemic. He's and last night, can do it. last night was the poster child for why you don't do it. Oh my it was, God. I mean, it, these teams, I don't, I don't understand. I really don't. You're telling me, I mean, it is absolutely incredible because Green Bay, to be fair, did it as well. So it's, uh, it's kind of a tough topic for me, as they would say right now, 
But yeah, no, it was you gotta just put put BJ Raji in the game, put anybody in the game to do it, and it'll it just punch it in. I, the QB sneak is dead in this league. Are they that worried? Their quarterback's going down. I haven't even seen a QB sneak injury in how many years, like over a decade or so. So I don't know what's going on, but what a critically bad situation to watch unfold in that game. Yeah. And then, you know, mention the, the survivor carnage and you talk about, I think maybe the biggest survivor pool in the country, the, the one that they host over at circus sports in week one alone, 56% of the entrants were knocked out um, out of like a 5,500 person contest. So that, that tells you how week one went for a lot of people. Um, a lot of teams went down. So it was very interesting. But you look at the 49ers, the Colts, um, the Broncos, just to name a few. It was a, it was a tough week. Um, but I think really the Ravens were the only real big favorite that won. So it was, uh, it was interesting. And, and if that's how every week is going to be, damn it, this is going to be a fun year. It's going to be – I mean, I'm already looking in ahead to week two. It's almost like you set us up because we're going to give you each five picks of our own again, just like we used to do every year. Um, Interesting matchups and interesting lines. I'm starting to look at the lines and being like, hey, Vegas, I think Vegas might be confused a little bit, as I would be after what I watched last week. The lines are pretty gnarly, and we're seeing them creep. So Kansas City has creeped up to four um, for this Thursday night game against the Chargers. Packers have creeped up to 10. I know that was opened at eight and a half. You got the Browns minus six over the Jets, both backup quarterbacks in on that one. You got the Lions favored over the Commanders by two in this one. Commanders coming off a great game. Carson Wentz tried to win, tried to lose, tried to win, tried to lose seven or eight times in last week's game. Little bit of a low baller here. Eat a trap game for Ethan. Tampa only minus three on the road against the Saints. I don't know who was watching what, but those were two bad NFC South teams in that Saints-Falcons game. And I think Tom Brady has quite the the repertoire and the defense to make that more than a three-point game. A little hint, hint to maybe Ethan making a bet. The line has shifted already again for the New York Giants. It's up to two and a half as a favorite over the Panthers. That one's a game I do want to talk to you about, Wits, because this is not – I know we got that big bet going on, but I think coming off a win like the Giants just had, I think there's momentum behind it. And I think first home game, they get to bring their fans a W. First time they've been 1-0 and or above 500 since 2015, 2016. They're excited. I think Baker's got a lot to worry about going into the Meadowlands, or to not Meadowlands, to MetLife Stadium and East Rutherford. East Rutherford. God, can they make that any harder to try to say? Um, then we got New England, the Steelers, basically an even-keeled game. Colts, four-point favorites on the road against the Jags, where they lost Week 17 to miss the postseason last year. Stay woke on the Jags. Um, Baltimore minus three and a half against the Dolphins. I think that's a sneaky line, too. I think Baltimore could run through this Dolphins team. Rams are 10-point favorites over the Falcons, which makes sense, although their offense looked like absolute dog piss. 49ers minus 10 at home against the Seahawks. Another hint of a pick. Geno Smith wasn't looking 10 points worse than this 49ers team who just lost to the worst team in the NFL. We got Bengals-Cowboys, which could be an absolute route. That's only at 7.5 right now. Broncos, 10-point favorites over the Texans, who were feisty. 
Again, pretty big line for such a bad offense we witnessed Monday night. The Raiders, after losing the Chargers, are six-point favorites over the Cardinals, who, where is Kyler Murray? And if he's playing Call of Duty because it's double XP weekend, he's got he's to put down the remote. Um, and then the two, two Monday night games are supposed to be good games. Bills, 10-point favorites over the Titans. And the Vikings-Eagles in an NFC Championship preview with a Eagles being favored by two points. Wits, a lot of action, a lot of interesting lines. I didn't give my picks, but I'm happy to let you run through your picks. I know you were just probably going through and picking them. Yeah, and I've got an interesting note. Uh, you brought up the Lions game first. Um, the Lions have been underdogs in a Super Bowl-era record 24 straight games. The last time they were a favorite was actually week 11 of the 2020 season. Um, they, were, they were minus three at Carolina, so they're minus, uh, minus like two and a half this week right now, so that's pretty interesting <laughs> being, a, being an underdog for almost a season and a half. Um, but, Roz, I'll start us off. Matchup that stood out to me the most, um, the Titans going to Buffalo. I know that they're the Bills are probably the best team in the NFL, but I think six out of the last seven matchups between these two teams have been one-possession games. So, I mean, I'm not a, not a huge trends guy, but – something just tells me I've, I've got to take the Titans here in the points um, because they usually, no matter where these teams are, they usually play pretty close games. So that that's going to be my first selection of the week. I'm going to take uh, Tennessee getting 10 on the road at Buffalo. Um, they just always seem to play them tight. So I, I will gladly take my 10 points there. And I'll go, I'll go with an underdog with you. I, cannot believe the dismantling we watched of them last week by the Chiefs. I think Mahomes is fed up with hearing about the rest of the AFC West, but I'm going to take the Cardinals plus six. I know I'm missing a number there. I wish it was plus seven, but I think the Cardinals have to bounce back or else we're writing a narrative that the Cardinals just spent more money than they were willing to give on a guy who's going to just ruin this franchise. Kyler's got to show us something. I've never seen somebody more disappointing than him currently. He's currently falling out of the conversation for those top young quarterbacks and he's gonna have to make a point in las vegas i again think the raiders are way over touted as the bet is a good team i think they're going to struggle this year i know they played it close at the end of the game last week but i'm going to take the cardinals plus six as my first one okay um yeah that's an interesting game it's, it's hard for me to want to bet on the cardinals but i could say the same thing about the raiders right now they just they did not look very sharp um in that game versus the chargers so I'm, I'm gonna stay away from that one my second game i'm uh yeah I'm, I'm gonna take a big favorite in this one i'm gonna go with the rams at home versus the falcons um i think this line came down about three points from you know the look ahead line last week it was up near 13 or 14 and the rams like i mentioned before another team that didn't play anybody in the preseason and it really it looked like it on thursday against the bills i know that's that's a great team um, arguably the best team in the NFL, but the Rams just didn't look sharp. And I just don't see that being the case this week. I don't think the Falcons have anywhere near the manpower on defense to slow this Rams offense down. I think they're going to look a lot better this week. Um, and I think they're going to force Marcus Mariota to try to make a lot of plays that he just really isn't capable of making. I'm going to lay, I'm going to lay the 10 and a half with the Rams. Uh, I, I think this is going to be a blowout this week. Uh, yeah, I you've talked me into the Rams a little bit, but that's just because I think Atlanta is that bad. I think I might do a side bet on that one, but not part of my main four. Following up Arizona, I'm going another big dog, which 
Rube would be shitting himself hearing how many underdogs I'm taking this week. I'm taking the Seahawks plus 10. I don't care about the weather. Justin Fields is not any better in that weather than Trey Lance and vice versa. It's not like any of those Bears players, again, are a young team that none of them are Bears lifers. It's not like Brian Urlacher and Rex Grossman were out there and have played in many games like that in that weather. 49ers stink. Might be good enough to win this game, but they're not winning it by 10. Seattle leading the NFC West right now. Beat Russell Wilson in a good Denver team and a good Denver defense. I, I like the Seahawks plus 10. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to ride with you here. I mean, I don't think Trey Lance and this 49ers team should be favored by 10 against almost anybody. All right. I mean, like you said, it, it's tough to judge week one, um, especially with, I mean, that game was played in the monsoon. But regardless of that, for a guy who's going to be making his fourth career start, um, I'm, I'm with you. I, I would gladly take the 10 points here because I, I don't think this 49ers team should be favor that by that much over anybody so I'll, I'll take the 10 points here because i think it's i think it's probably three or four too many so I'll, I'll take the 10 i'll ride with you on seattle love the ride we're gonna go with another bird we've been the cardinals the seahawks and now i'm going the ravens minus three and a half hate the hook but like i said i don't think this game is close i think lamar jackson is on an absolute war path uh, i get concerned about him getting hurt in a year that they're going to need him like i said the Dolphins defense, or not defense, the Dolphins offense was not that inspiring. 23 for 33, 270, 270 yards for Tua and only one touchdown. Again, I know they have Tariq Hill who could take the top off, but we've already seen in live action now Tua miss Tariq on a deep one. Um, I think the Ravens are the way better team. I think the Ravens are a very scary team. I know you love them coming into the season. Three and a half is fine for me. I think they win this game by double digits. Yeah, man, I could uh... – I could buy into that. Um, next pick here, it, it's, it's it's a confusing game to handicap. You've got the the TJ Watt news that, you know, he might not miss the season. He's going to be out for this one. But I've got to go with the Steelers getting a point here at home versus the Patriots. Um, and this is more a play against the Patriots right now because I didn't – as good as Bill Belichick has been over the past two decades, I didn't see anything come out of that game that was positive. Um, and the Steelers, they've got some problems of their own, you know, with the offensive line and everything, but I think they can make a couple plays here. And, you know, if Max Jones company are going to, you know, put that kind of effort up on offense. I mean, I mean, this could be a 14, three type of game and I'll, I'll take the home team. I'll take the Steelers big week one, win. they forced a lot of turnovers, right? I know Joe Burrow wasn't sharp, um, but I don't think they have anywhere near the talent on offense that the Bengals do. So I'm, I'm going to take the Steelers as a, as a small home dog here. I think it's a, an interesting line, but I'm, I'm going to ride with the Steelers here. Interesting pick. I'm going Tampa Bay minus three. I will walk into any bear trap any day of the week. I don't really give a fuck. I think Tampa does beat them. I know the saying that the Saints swept them two years ago. I know they split last year. I do not care. I think Tampa just put up an absolute stinker in Dallas and got away with it. I don't think they're going to look that uneasy two weeks in a row give me tampa minus three even if they push this fucking i know they're not losing it give me them minus three could end up in a push but i i'll walk in that trap six out of six times all right are you ready for my hazmat suit play of the week <laughs> the final bet of the week for wit final bet of the week because you put on your hazmat suit and you wait for everything to explode 
but I am going to take the Dallas Cowboys plus eight at home versus Cincinnati. Um, I just think this is too many points here, Ree, for as unsharp as the Bengals looked in week one. I, I think the Cowboys are going to surprise a few people this week. Um, I know it's Cooper Rush, right? He did, he did win his only start last year. Everybody is so down on the Cowboys right now, but I can't see this Bengals team being favored by more than a touchdown um, against a team that I think still has some good pieces, right? Without Dak, you probably downgrade him four, five, maybe six points. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go with the home team Cowboys here coming off an atrocious week one effort. I, I think the Bengals are getting a little bit too much love in the market here. Um, and everybody's just down on the Cowboys. So I think that's when I'm going to put on my hazmat suit and, uh, I'm just going to buy it. I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the eight points here. Put my hazmat suit on as well, except for in the other direction, Cincinnati minus seven and a half. I don't think they're going to look that bad. I think they have a bounce back like green Bay. I think they have a bounce back like Tampa. I think they're going to have a big week. I think they're going to air it out. Jamar chase definitely can't be guarded by Ravion Diggs um, or anybody on this defensive back field for the Dallas Cowboys. It's our first one going against each other for the year. I'm going to Cincinnati minus seven and a half in this one. Love them to death. And uh, they're my final pick of the evening. Wits, it's pretty much what we got for you for the NFL this week and last week. Do we do we venture a little into college or would you say that I'm pissed at Alabama for not covering an easy spread against a shitty organization like the Texas Longhorns and the Big Ten is dead. Big Ten is dead. The Big Ten is dead, and Texas A&M is dead. Dead. And Florida, dead. Dead. A lot, a lot of dead teams Oregon, this week. Dead. Pac-12, minus currently the Trojans. Dead. Yeah, it was a good week for the books in college football. None of the major favorites covered this week, and a couple of them lost outright. Um, if you're one not more a team, Notre, oh. Notre Dame. Dead. dead. Absolutely dead. Dead, dead. 0-2 to Marshall. Dead. Appalachian yeah. State, very much alive. Marshall, alive. very much alive. They go in there, they get paid $1.5 million to play that game, and they get a W with it. That's a $1.5 million W. Yeah. Alive. That was, uh... I would say uh, little, little heaven wings on there. Unlike Notre Dame, who's dead. Just dead, dead, dead. Another dead yeah. team. Pretty much any team that isn't Georgia or Alabama right now, dead. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think that was talking college football for this week. We'll, we'll reconvene once we get a little more stableness. On I was going to say, there's no good news coming out of our mouths if we're talking college football. That's why I prefaced it that way. This has been The Open Line with your hosts, Wits and Roz. We'll be back next week better than ever. Hopefully, I'll be 5-0. and um, Wits will be 4-1. and and uh, we'll be able to uh, we'll be able to get this stuff rolling. So this has been the opening line, and thank you to our partners at Bet Online. Terrific episode. We'll be back to next week.
hit you with every pay. Yeah. You don't wanna stick around, believe me. Got me ripping on the relay. Sweating out in Venice is a heat wave. She ain't giving you no leeway. I just hit it on a weekday. to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube